This week on the Dylan and Dylan Show, the guys draft an all-time sports movies lineup in Out of the Box. College football previews are here, starting with the Big 12 and Pac-12, and the NFL preseason power rankings continue to be revealed this week with numbers 16 through 13. This week in sports covers reactions to the NBA Summer League, as well as a look forward to baseball, football, and basketball coming up in the next week. Welcome back to another episode of the Dylan and Dylan show. Today is August 13th, Friday the 13th, and we are back with another awesome show for you guys. Dylan Jesperson here, along with my co-host Dylan Holt. Dylan, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. Um, It's another great day to be alive, another great day to be on the Dylan and Dylan show. Um, I've got some fun August 13th little tidbits in the world of sports. Uh, August 13th, 1979. The legendary Lou Brock became the 14th MLB player to ever hit 3,000 or have 3,000 hits. So that was a fun little tidbit. And then a little bit more recent history, August 13th, 2008, Michael Phelps won three gold medals in Beijing, uh, all of which he did in world record time. So there's some fun uh, August 13th uh, little tidbits in the world of sports. But, uh, yeah, excited for a fun day. Didn't see any notable birthdays, but I'm sure there's some out there that I just missed. But, yeah. August 13th, very cool day in the world of sports. Awesome stuff as usual. Uh, interesting stuff there for sure. I know there's some Friday the 13th uh, weird sports stats out there, but uh, – you know, we will move forward here. Uh, reminder to follow Tunnel Vision Sports on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the Dylan and Dylan Show on YouTube. That way you guys will never miss an episode. <clears throat> Last night, us baseball fans got to experience a baseball game like no other as the MLB hosted a game between the White Sox and Yankees near the original Field of Dreams field from the 1989 movie starring Kevin Costner. Uh, and the game itself was a thriller as the White Sox blew a lead in the top of the ninth to set up Tim Anderson to hit a walk-off home run into the corn. Uh, it was an awesome game into the into the corn, fireworks to celebrate uh, as the White Sox got an awesome win uh, in an awesome field. And that got us in the mood for this week's Out of the Box topic, which we will be doing our all-time favorite sports movies in the fantasy draft. Field of Dreams is obviously one of the most iconic sports movies uh, and sports are iconic movies in the sports genre. And we'll try to come up with our best lineup of sports movies that we can here. And I think there's some really good picks uh, and probably some ones we'll be fighting over as well. So I'll throw it to Dylan as uh, usual. Do you want the first pick or do you want the second and third picks this week? Um, I thought this week we could flip a coin. I, I've got I've got a nickel. Um, I'll let you pick head or tails. I got to go with tails. All it's right. Tails. It's tails. What do you want? Uh, I'll take the second and third picks. You can have the first. All right. 
Here we go. The first pick in the sports movies draft. I did not want the first pick, but this is what the coin does to you. I put myself in this situation. Um, I'm going to go with it's a more recent movie, um, but it's a later uh, entry in another franchise, another sports movie franchise. Um, I'm going to go to 2015's Creed starring Michael B. Jordan. Uh, it's a later entry in the Rocky uh, series of films, which I absolutely love the Rocky movies. I think Creed's the best one. That might be a controversial take, but I, I just think it's so, so well done. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is an absolute star. He does a fantastic job as the son of Apollo Creed. Uh, that movie is just a thrill ride the whole time. Get to see Rocky in an old age training, Apollo Creed's son. Absolutely love that movie. Yeah, Creed, definitely a good one. Boxing a little bit. Uh, I, I don't think I just just didn't cross my mind in terms of boxing. It didn't cross my mind in the uh, when I was going through my movies. Uh, so I've got the second and third picks back to back uh, with my first pick. I'm going to go with a recent movie as well. Not as, not too recent, not as recent as Creed, um, but there's a few criteria that I have for sports movies. They've got a uh, most of the time I like a, a real story. Uh, it doesn't have to be, it's not a, a deal breaker. Uh, but the real deal breaker is the, the sports that have shown need to look good. Uh, they they can't be, they can't be actors looking like they're trying to portray a football game. It needs to look like football players playing a football game, baseball players playing a baseball game. Uh, and I think Moneyball may have the best sports recreations of all time. The the 20th win uh, in a row that the that they show for the Oakland Athletics uh, is like a one-to-one recreation of that actual game. You can go back on YouTube and see the side-by-side comparisons uh, very closely recreated. And just the story of Moneyball uh, and that Oakland A's team that we watched uh, having so much success in the postseason, never really getting into the World Series, but then to learn the behind the stories behind that organization and what the how they changed really the sport of baseball and how GMs kind of look at players and scout players. Um, definitely one of my favorite movies, and I'm happy to grab it with my first pick. Uh, with the second pick, uh, again, I'm a sucker for true stories, and so this is where this movie comes in, The Miracle on Ice. Uh, is quite possibly one of the best uh, true stories made into a movie. Uh, when you've got the USA hockey team beating the Soviet Union uh, in the 1980 Olympics, ended up going on to win gold uh, in that movie, uh, especially, of course, the, the speech the coach gives in the, in the locker room, one of the most iconic speeches of all time. Uh, and I think, you know, even as not a hockey guy, you can respect uh, the, the story of what it was in the movie that they made out of it. it definitely ranks up there in the top top of uh, all movies uh, relating to sports. So I'm happy with those two picks, Moneyball and Miracle on Ice. I'll throw it back to you for your uh, next two picks. I absolutely love those two picks. Both Moneyball and Miracle were both on my list, both movies I absolutely love. Um, so I'm going to have to rearrange, I figure, and go to go to some other picks. But one this my, this movie I'm about to pick might be might edge out Creed. And I wanted Creed first because I absolutely love Creed. It's, I watched it the other night, so it's fresh in the brain. Haven't watched this movie as recent, but I mean, this is a it's from 2005. It's a basketball movie, Coach Carter. I absolutely love that movie. I it's almost uh, obtained like a cult following since it came out in 05 because it wasn't that big, or I don't remember. I was a little bit young on the younger side in 05, but um, I don't remember it being that big in 2005. 
but it's, it's really become huge in later years and people talk about it and really, really uh, uh, high esteem because it deserves it. It's a very, very good movie starring Samuel L. Jackson. It talks about the Richmond, California basketball team and all the trials and tribulations they go through uh, trying to make a winning basketball team. Kind of like a, a bad luck, uh, bad news bears situation, but with basketball. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I've always loved that movie. Watched it a million times like I have many of these movies I have on my list. Um, absolutely love it. Fantastic movie. I'm glad to add it along with Creed. Um, and then this next movie, I'm going to throw it to my childhood, I reckon. I'm going to go to 2002. I'm going to go Like Mike. That it, That is a movie I, I remember I wore out the VCR. I watched it so much. Uh, it's obviously Little Bow Wow. Uh, finds Mike the Jordans. They get struck by lightning. He, he gets the powers of Michael Jordan. It's very much not the basketball looks realistic. The sports don't really look realistic, but it's a ton of fun. I watched it not that long ago as a 24 year old and still very much enjoyed it. Uh, seeing uh, the early 2000s NBA with Steve Nash, uh, Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady, um, David Robinson, Gary Payton, just guys like that, seeing them in the prime of their career or the, maybe the twilights for some of them was really, really neat. Uh, but yeah, like Mike, always been a favorite. Coach Carter, always a favorite. Enjoying the ranks of Creed. Uh, I'm very happy with that. So I'll throw it to you for your next two picks. Yeah, like Mike, a great pick as well. Coach Carter was on my alternates, but like Mike, it didn't really cross my mind. But again, I was uh, I was just in your boat. I loved it as a kid. And I think rewatching it as an adult is funny because if, if you watched it as a kid, you maybe didn't really like you knew who like Tracy McGrady was, but Steve Nash might've gone over your head. David Robinson might've gone over your head. Uh, and then you go back and watch, you're like, geez, this movie had all of these guys in there. That's wild. You know, I didn't really even like, it didn't really register me as a child, but uh, great picks as well. Uh, I still have my two, uh, my two, uh, of my four picks, all of mine are still there. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. With my third pick, uh, one that checks all the boxes for me, Friday Night Lights is maybe the best football movie of all time, uh, has to be included in a list like this. Is it a real story? Yes, the 1988 Permian High School team is real. Booby Miles, you can look up his hi- uh, highlights on YouTube, definitely real. Uh, and the football is, you know, top tier in terms of what a movie can portray football to look like. Uh, and just overall maybe the most solid football or sports movies in terms of you know the story it portrays and the the football that it portrays is it's a whole package in terms of what it does uh so i'm happy to have friday night lights and then with my fourth one i'm also going to throw it back to my childhood a little bit this is the one the sports movie that comes to mind when i think of my childhood and that's the sandlot uh, one of the first sports movies I owned, I, I fell in love with it. I played the DVD mo- like any time I had any free time, I, I was watching The Sandlot. So uh, uh, it, it's just a nostalgic pick for me. I think everyone can quote at least something from that movie. Uh, and even if you're not a sports fan or even a baseball fan, I think has very wide appeal to almost everyone. You can you can enjoy The Sandlot even if you're not a sports fan, and that's because uh, it's got a great story and I'm happy to have it as my, as my fourth pick. I'll throw it to you for your last pick. We'll see what you got. I love those picks. Friday Night Lights. I, I'm currently reading the book Friday Night Lights and I, I've watched the movie. I've seen the TV show a million times. The book is fantastic. Absolutely love it so far. I, I kind of know where the story's going. So I think I'm going to love the end too. Um, 
And Sandlot, that I was thinking Sandlot. I was like, that's going to be my last pick. I, I'm going to sneak away with Sandlot. Heck yeah, let's go. Uh, so we're going to switch lanes. Uh, I guess I'm going to go basketball again since it's still here. I'm going to go with one of the most iconic movies in the sports genre ever. Uh, it was just uh, recreated, got a sequel. I don't know how. I don't know how they're defining it, but going with the original Space Jam with Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes, uh, that one like 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 Mike, uh, I wore out the VCR, the DVD uh, player, whatever it is. I watched it all the time, and that like Mike, I stopped watching as I got a little older. Space Jam, I never stopped watching. I watch it all the time still. I, I own the DVD. Uh, one of my all time favorite movies, just of any kind. Absolutely love it. Um, seeing all the old players kind of like, like Mike getting to see guys like Larry Bird, uh, Muggsy Bogues, Charles Barkley. I think Sean Bradley's in there, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, just all these old players, uh, in their prime when they were stars and being able to look back at it, and Michael Jordan, obviously suiting up for the tune squad is a treat, but yeah, very excited to add space jam to my, uh, squad of movies. So yeah, I'm very happy with that. Are there any movies that, uh, you added alternate. Yeah, so uh, I had Coach Court Carter as one of my alternates, uh, but uh, I, I definitely wanted Space Jam in there. But I, I had them in my original four, and then I kind of dropped them out into my alternates once uh, I started thinking more about movies. And I was like, okay, Friday Night Lights goes over Space Jam, and then Sandlot goes over Space Jam, and then Miracle. It, they it ended up just getting bounced down in terms of you know my favorite movies. Uh, so Space Jam was definitely there. Uh, Remember the Titans was another one that I had on there. It just didn't fit with I I like you know movies that have realistic sports most of the time. Uh, Remember the Titans is maybe the, the worst in terms of that, but uh, storyline wise, still one of the great movies, uh, one of the most quotable movies, and then uh. If I really got into a pinch, I was going to go down the documentary hole uh, and I had the Fab Five 30 for 30 on there. I think that's the best 30 for 30 that they made. Uh, Biased as a Michigan fan, of course, but uh, I think encapsulating the Fab Five's era uh, for fans like us who really didn't get to live through it was uh, one of my favorite 30 for 30s. I I think my favorite, definitely. Uh, Any alternates that you didn't get out there? Yeah, and I think there's a theme with mine. I, yours maybe was the more like translating the sports to the big screen. Mine was just, I don't know, I think you show up for an hour and a half to two hours and have some fun, and sports is the centric theme. Um, one that I really wanted to get in there that I didn't, because Space Jam was there, I had to put Space Jam over it, uh, Basketball from 1998 with Trey Parker and Matt Stone. My dad showed that to me when I was in like middle school. And I fell in love with it because, I mean, it's the guys that made South Park. They're the stars. It's absolutely hilarious. I absolutely adore that movie. But uh, Space Jam just edged it out a little bit. Um, Draft Day was on my list, but I, there were movies that edged it out. I love Draft Day, but didn't quite make it. 42, the story of Jackie Robinson. Semi-Pro with Will Ferrell. Uh, Bend It Like Beckham is a movie that came out in the early 2000s. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I got to see it my senior year of college. Uh, in a sociology class, it has Kira Knightley in it. Very, very good movie. You should check it out if you haven't. Uh, and then, like, The Bad News Bears, Happy Gilmore, Dodgeball. And then if I was really in a pinch, I was going to go with Talladega Nights uh, for all my NASCAR fans out there. It, it's a sport. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about going with it. But, yeah, I, I had quite a few alternates. Absolutely love sports movies. I'm, I'm very happy with the four I got. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy with both of those lists. Uh, we'll get those polls out to you on social media so you can help us decide. We actually had a winner last week. Uh, I think I got the dub on Twitter last week. So we'll probably move it to Instagram this week. We'll kind of interchange which uh, social media platform uh, gets the polls. So be looking out for that. Uh, you can help us decide which team or which movie lineup uh, you would rather see. Uh, we will move forward now. Uh, there's no doubt Dylan and I are getting hyped up for the football season. Uh, we thought it was about time for us to get into some previews of the college football season coming up. Uh, we will be giving a preview of each of the five power five conferences this season <clears throat> as the season approaches. Uh, but we will start this week with the Pac-12 and the Big 12 conferences. Uh, and we'll start We'll start with the Big 12. So it's a conference making a ton of headlines in the offseason uh, for maybe some non-football related reasons. But uh, definitely an interesting conference, to say the least. Dylan, what are your thoughts on the Big 12 this, uh, this season? Well, we've been talking about the Big 12 quite a bit because of everything Texas and Oklahoma have been doing. They're, they're on their way out. So they're heading to my conference, the SEC, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately. I don't know. But um, I think the Big 12 is a two-team conference this year. There's there's going to be two teams that really run the show. And it's not the two teams everyone's been talking about this offseason. One of them's in there, Oklahoma. They're, they're going to be really good. I, I have full faith Oklahoma's going to be very, very good at football this year. The other one's Iowa State. For some reason, they're under the radar, I feel like. Not as many people are talking about, even though they're really, really good. Um, I, I'm in a real pickle with Oklahoma because I've never really been a huge fan of the Sooners. But they have about four transfers from the University of Tennessee, who I adore. I think they're great players, uh, Eric Gray, Wanya Morris, and Key Lawrence. So I kind of have to root for the Sooners a little bit. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to that, I guess, because uh, Eric Gray, in his two years at Tennessee, became one of my favorite players to ever put on the orange and white. So I'm very excited to what he, uh, see what he does with Spencer Rattler in that Oklahoma offense. I, it could just be electric. It's going to be really, really interesting because I think Eric Gray is a guy that a lot of people haven't seen because he was in Tennessee. Tennessee has been just putrid the last few years, and there's been no reason to really tune in. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he does in that Big 12 conference against some defenses that aren't quite SEC defenses uh, and in an offense that has averaged more than 40 points uh, each of the last four years. So that's that's going to be something to watch. And uh, – Having Spencer Rattler, who very well could be the number one pick in next year's NFL draft, that is just a crazy, crazy setup they have. Uh, but there's also Iowa State down there who have Brock Purdy and Brees Hall and that stacked defense. Um, I I think it's going to come down to those two. And unfortunately, Iowa State, you're running into a juggernaut in Oklahoma when it comes in terms of the Big 12. And I think Oklahoma probably comes away with it. I'm not going to say easily because I think Iowa State's going to give them a run for the money, but I think it's still Oklahoma's conference. and It'll probably be that way until they're in the SEC. What about you? What do you think about the old Big 12? Yeah, I echo a lot of your thoughts. Uh, definitely think it's a two-team race between uh, Oklahoma and Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State definitely doesn't go under the radar in terms of uh, the state of Michigan because – uh, Matt Campbell is a guy that gets mentioned almost every time Jim Harbaugh's name gets uh, thrown on the hot seat. Uh, so we're very aware of what Matt Campbell's done at Iowa State. And I keep waiting for that team to f- just fall off a cliff and, and be able to go, OK, there, you know, there's your Matt Campbell. And then it just never happens because, you know, I, I do think that team is legit. Uh, Brock Purdy seems like he's been there for the entire time. Matt Campbell's been there as well. So you've got an experienced quarterback. Uh, I really like Brees Hall. Um, 
I just think, you know, same with you. Oklahoma is really, really good. Spencer, Spencer Rattler is the guy to watch. He might be the Heisman favorite going into this year, just in terms of – and the thing with Spencer Rattler is he kind of fits that Oklahoma system better than even Baker or Kyler Murray did. His arm strength and the way he can move his feet while throwing the ball – uh, is something to watch. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he could do with a full season down there uh, in Norman, Oklahoma. So uh, I will follow in your in your uh, reign or in your footsteps. Uh, I will take Oklahoma over Iowa State. Um, I think Spencer Rattler, probably player of the year, but watch out for guys like Brock Purdy, Brees Hall. Those are the t- main two competitors. If Iowa State ends up uh, – uh, getting over Oklahoma at some point, then maybe uh, those guys take the reins. And I also think just wrapping that uh, the Big 12 up, I think Texas and Oklahoma are going to play some dog fights this year. I, I think the Big 12 is not going to be happy with the way that they handled themselves and they have to play a full year of conference ball. Uh, I think they're going to have, I, especially Texas, might have some beatdowns uh, ahead of them, uh, especially, you know, first year of Steve Sarkeesian. I don't know if they're going to be quite ready to compete. So, uh, I'm comfortable picking Oklahoma, but th- those are going to be some dog fights for those two teams coming up in the Big 12. Uh, we'll move on to the Pac-12, uh, much more wide open conference, uh, probably the most wide open Power 5 conference that there is. Uh, what's your, your thoughts on the conference out West? Um, I absolutely love the Pac-12. I, uh, growing up, I never really paid attention to the Pac-12. But uh, in college, met my buddy Reed. He's from Colorado. He's a Pac-12 guy. So started paying a lot more attention to the Pac-12. And I just really enjoy Pac-12 football. I don't know what it is. It's a, it just feels different to what I'm used to watching a lot of SEC, uh, like Big Ten, Big 12. I don't know. It just feels different. Um, and I really, really, really like USC this year. I don't know what it is. I really liked them last year. I was hoping uh, they would come away with the Pac-12 championship. And they're like, you know what? Let's sneak them in the playoffs 6-0. and Sneak, sneak the Pac-12 champions in. It didn't happen. Um, but I, I like USC. I think Arizona State is going to be pretty good. Uh, I, I like what they're doing. Jaden Daniels is really, really good. Uh, he's a guy that, uh, with the Pac-12 being weird times coming on TV, uh, maybe people haven't seen him as much. Oh, you muted yourself. What? I'm so – uh, yeah, uh, USC is the, one of those interesting teams that just you never know uh, if they're going to be ready uh, from L.A. or not. Uh, they've got that guy in Keaton Slovis as their quarterback, and it's going to be uh, interesting to watch. Yeah, uh, Keaton Slovis is a guy that I, uh, I found myself admiring watching him play last year. I think he does a really good job, and he got put in weird situations. His whole time at USC, he's been put in weird situations. He's been the guy when the guy in front of him goes down. They're like, all right, Keaton, go in here. It's it's your team now. Try to try to bring us out of this hole. And he's done it. He he's played really well his whole time as a Trojan. Um, but I don't think the team goes as Slovis goes. I think the team goes as Drake London goes. He is a stud. He plays basketball and football at USC. He's a wide receiver. And I I can't remember who they were playing. I, it might have been Arizona State last season. But I just remember turning it on. And Drake London was just all over the field, whether it was a jet sweep, catches over the middle, deep balls, whatever it was, they were looking at Drake London over and over and over again. If they can get the ball to his hands, they're going to be dangerous. And, I mean, it's USC. They've got playmakers all over the field. They've got big guys all over the field. They're bringing in the number one player in the country, Corey Foreman, a defensive end. I'm sure he'll make an immediate impact. Um, 
But yeah, I, I really like USC, I, which is crazy because you think like they should be like this Goliath type figure in your head. But now that the USC, I don't know, they're fun to root for. Um, but they're, I think they're going to have uh, fights with Arizona State and Oregon, like I said. Um, Oregon, that defense, or all, all everyone's wanted to talk about with Oregon over the past decade was that offense, that Mariota, Michael uh, James, the Anthony Thomas. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and Justin Flo are grown men. They, I, I don't know exactly how old they are. They'd be like 19 to 20 range. They look like they're NFL players, and that's quite a bit younger than most NFL players. They're, they're scary-looking dudes, uh, and Caden Slovis and Jane Daniels are not going to enjoy playing against Oregon because they're going to be off in the grill. Um, I think when it comes down to it, the Pac-12 championship, it's probably going to be Oregon and USC, and I, I'm going to go with the Trojans. I, I'm riding with them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that peace sign. I'm not sure what it means. I know they do it, though. Um, but I'm, a, I'm excited to see what the Trojans do. Caden Slovis and Drake London, I, I'm hatching myself to the bandwagon. I'm excited to see what happens. What do you think about the old Pac-12? Yeah, I, I, so USC has a weird spot in, in my brain in terms of a sports fan. I still – I think USC is the toughest team to really form an opinion on early because a lot of the times you get the, the LA media who's trying to sell you on USC. Uh, I, I think – for maybe four or five years now, Colin Cowherd has just crowned the USC quarterback uh, in the preseason and whether they've done well or whether they've done poorly, it's just, you know, it's tough to gauge really how good USC is because I feel like they're always hyped up uh, going into the season. Uh, I do think he and Slovis is very good. And I think uh, he will be, you know, the step forward that USC needs. I just think the Pac-12 champion is going to come out of the North this year, and I think it's going to be between Oregon and Washington, whoever wins that game. Uh, I'm going to be able to see Washington up close and personal this early this year because they're going to be in Ann Arbor in week two. Uh, they have a, a Michigan player in Giles Jackson on their squad. Uh, he's really fast. He can be a, a return specialist, but also that slot receiver kind of guy that can uh, really – I think he's going to flourish uh, in, in the Pac-12. Uh but I still think Oregon is the favorite. And uh, like you said, the defense is really, really good. And I really like CJ Burdell, uh, the running back. He's only five foot eight, but he has a chance to break basically all of Oregon's records because of that, because of that extra year of eligibility that they've, they've given to all the players for last year. He's already at over 2,500 yards in his career and he's uh, eligible as a junior this year. So two more years to get uh, past guys like the Anthony Thomas, uh, Michael James on, on the all-time rushing list. So um, I'm a really big fan of CJ Verdell. I think he's going to have an awesome year, might be the uh, PAC 12 player of the year. And I think he leads the ducks to the PAC 12 championship this year. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, though, I do think that the Pac-12 is going to be the Power Five conference left out of the playoff this year. Just there isn't a dominant team. You kind of need that dominant team to uh, grab the headlines or at least have another team to upset that team and then take their spot. Uh, without that in the Pac-12, it just kind of seems to open up. And uh, I expect whoever wins to at least have one or two losses. So uh, I think the Pac-12 gets left out of the playoff this year. But uh, Oregon's on the right track. I think USC is on the right track. Uh, and that's great for the PAC 12. Those are the two teams they need to be going in the right direction, uh, for that conference to be as powerful as it was. So that will wrap up our college football stuff. We'll get on with the next three conferences, uh, in the next couple of weeks so we can get the, all five of them done. 
uh, before the college football season starts on August 28th. We will switch to the NFL now from college to professional football. We are getting on with our next four teams in our NFL power rankings in the 16 to 13 range. Uh, things are really getting interesting now as we get past the midway point of the uh, of the top 32 teams. Uh, and now we're on to those fringe competitors, maybe some good dark horse teams uh, that could make up the 16 to 13 range for the NFL. Uh, we will get going with the 16th team in the NFL uh, I will start this week with my 16th team. I've got the Indianapolis Colts at 16. I think I, I like Indy and I like the things that they've done, but without Carson Wentz for an extended period of time to start the year, uh, I think that's going to be a tough thing to and just might be too tough to overcome, especially with guard Quentin Nelson also having the same exact injury to his foot. Um you know, two big injuries to, to guys on that offensive side of the ball is really going to hurt in a, in a tough division in the AFC. So uh, I like Indy. I think they are in the right direction. I think trading for Carson Wentz was actually the right move. I, I, I'm a big fan of giving those top talented quarterbacks uh, another chance to flourish in another in another uh, in another system in another uh, place. So I think Carson Wentz will have a good will break out in Indy, but uh the injury kind of sucks and it just bounces in deep down to 16 for me in my, in my view where they're at now. Uh, who do you got at 16 in your power rankings? At 16, I'm going to be taking the 16th spot to South beach with the Miami dolphins. Um, I, I really like the dolphins. I think they're about a year or two away from being really good. Uh, they got a really good defense. A lot of the things, like I said about Washington last week, I, I think they're kind of the AFC version of Washington. Uh, they're, they're just not quite yet there yet, but they might have the quarterback. Tua might be the guy. I, I think we'll find out more about if Tua is the guy this year um, as it, as we'll see how he fits in that offense with Jalen Waddle getting him from Alabama in there, uh, getting some familiar, familiarity with that offense and blind Brian Flores. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Dolphins maybe just quite aren't there yet in a division that's got one of the best teams uh, and they also have to deal with the Patriots, who who knows how they'll be. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the Dolphins are right around the mid mark. They they could make some noise. They might not. Who knows? Uh, they're very hard to rank in my mind. I I, I really like them. Uh, but yeah, I I just think they're right there at that middle mark, sixteen. I, I feel comfortable putting the Dolphins there. Uh, who do you have at fifteen? Yeah, these teams get more and more challenging to rank because, especially past the halfway point, these are teams I I like and I think could be competitive this year, but also at the bottom end of competitive. Uh, and and you mentioned this team the, for my 15th team, and it hurt me to put them this low. I've got New England at 15, uh, and, I, and I really think it just surrounds around the quarterback situation. I, I really like the offseason moves they made. I think that team is, is on the up and up, and when you've got Bill Belichick, uh, anything is possible for sure. Uh, but the most important position on the floor is your biggest question mark coming into the year. Uh, is Cam Newton, the former MVP, going to play like his former MVP self, or is it going to be Mac Jones leading the leading crew? And you know, apparently Cam reportedly is struggling with interceptions in camp, uh, and Mac Jones is going to have a real chance to to make the lead the team uh, going in coming out of preseason. So uh, I think that's just too big of a question mark uh, to to weather throughout like a tough NFL season. Uh, 
I think overall very good, solid on defense, so overall a good team. But I think that, that those question marks at quarterback are going to are gonna hurt. Who do you have at 15? Um, at 15, I am going out to the AFC West uh, with the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, they're a young team. Uh, they were very good last year under uh, with uh, Justin Herbert with his first year under center. Uh, they've got a lot of really fun talent on at the wide receiver position with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. They've got a young defense. Uh, they've got a stud with Joey Bosa, defensive end. Um, I just think they're in a really good division. Uh, there's a lot of good teams in the AFC that are coming up kind of out of nowhere, it seems like. Uh, and they just – they had a good year last year. Uh, a lot of people think they might take this next step. I don't know if they're quite ready for that. I think kind of in the same boat as the Dolphins. That's why I'm so close to each other. Um, I just, I, the Chargers might be in a little bit better situation because it seems like Herbert might, is going to be that guy. Herbert was really, really good last year as a rookie. Um, but I, they just, I think they might just be a little too young. Um, but who knows? They might take that step. Like we said, it's hard to judge these teams because they are good. I like the Chargers. I like the Dolphins. But I think they're right around the middle in the fact they could be competitive. They may not. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, I've got the Chargers at 15 out in L.A. Uh, who do you have at 14? So my 14th team, I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, a team we will see for the first time tonight. They've uh, got a preseason game against the Cowboys tonight. Uh, but the Cardinals season last year was a tale of two teams as they dominated in the first half and then just completely collapsed in the second half. Uh, I like the stars that they've acquired. I think they're going to be better on the defensive side of the ball, obviously. Uh, but uh it all comes back to, you know, what are they going to do with Kyler Murray in that offense? Uh, do you actually, or is Cliff Kingsbury actually going to be the wizard that he was advertised as and put a one of a time, a one of a kind talent in Kyler Murray into situations where he can succeed all year, or is it going to be more like the second half of the year where they're kind of just, you know, putting Kyler back there and saying, go make plays for us. And hopefully, hopefully it works out. Um, I'm hoping it's the the former and that the Arizona can take a leap this year because I really, really like Kyler Murray. I think he is, like I said, a one-of-a-kind type talent at quarterback. Um, and I hope they can take a leap this year. They Going out and getting J.J. Watt uh, obviously makes you more interesting and exciting, but it all comes back to what happens on offense. And if they just throw Kyler back there like they did kind of in the second half last year, I think that – it's just going to be, you know, another middle of the road type season, but they could really make a leap this year if they have some uh, good game plans in, in mind for, for what they can do on offense. Uh, what do you think for 14? What you got at 14? At 14, I've got a team that you mentioned at 15, the New England Patriots. I, I echo a lot of things you said. Um, I just, there's no telling what could happen with Bill Belichick and those boys in blue up in New England. Uh, I Cam Newton might be Carolina, Carolina Cam Newton. He might be Auburn Cam Newton. He might be New England Cam Newton, which has not been very good. Um, and we might see Mac Jones suiting up. Uh, it's it's a lot of mystery in New England, which is nothing new. They like to keep things close to chest up there. Um, the thing that I I'm not sure about is they made a lot of really good signings in the offseason. They added Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. They added um, guys on the defensive side to, that are going to make an impact. They had all that cap space. So I don't know. They If they can get figured out between Cam and Mac Jones, they, they can definitely compete for a wild card spot. I don't think they're going to compete for the 
the title in that division, though. That I think the division's pretty locked up with one team that's going to come much later in these rankings. Um, but, yeah, I think the Patriots are a lot of question marks. They're not like the Dolphins and Chargers that are young with question marks. They're uh, what in the world is going on with New England? Where the, who are they going to play quarterback? Is Cam Newton Cam Newton? Are they going with the rookie? Uh, is Nikhil Harry getting traded? What is Bill Belichick thinking? Uh, a lot of question marks. But it's the Patriots, so they've been doing this for 20 years, and they'll find a way to win games and make it interesting in November and December. But, yeah, Patriots coming in at 14. Who do you have at 13? Yeah, I think a team, uh, any other team with that many question marks would be way farther down on the list. But to have the Patriots right in the middle of the pack with that many question marks just shows the respect we have for Bill Pelichick and that organization. Uh, at 13, another organization and another coach I have a lot of respect for in the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and Mike Tomlin. Uh, and their quarterback, shout out to Ben Roethlisberger for still grinding out NFL seasons at this point, age 39, 18 years in, and still going to be the starter for day one uh, for the Steelers. Just awesome. Uh, and I thought the, the the Najee Harris pick was awesome. Fits the Pittsburgh Steelers to like a glove and is, I think, going to be a solid running back for years to come there. Um, they got to get T.J. Watt re-signed. I saw he was holding out uh, until he gets re-signed, and that's expected. He deserves a big contract. Uh, I, as much as I shout out Ben Roethlisberger, I think a big part of it's just going to be how is that offense mesh at age 39 for Ben Roethlisberger? Can he get guys like Najee Harris going early in the year? And can he keep guys like Juju Smith-Schuster involved while doing that? Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, I like the Steelers. You know, I have a lot of respect for that organization, but um, you know, 13, I think seems right. They could, uh, a lot of it's going to depend on, you know, what Najee Harris does and then what Ben Roethlisberger can do at age 39. I think, you know, he's been solid his whole career, but he could get hurt. And then all of a sudden the Steelers look pretty bad. So uh, I feel confident putting them right around 13. They could be pretty good. Could be pretty bad. Don't really know, (laughs) but what you got wrapping up your list at 13, who you got at 13. Um, Before I get to 13, I have to make my Steelers comment. Uh, The Steelers pissed me off. Because last year, for the first part of the year, they looked unbelievable. Looked like the greatest offense ever. Big Ben couldn't miss a throw. The defense, no one could score points on them. And they did that about until they played the Titans. They, they, they got through the Titans game. They, they, they beat us pretty good. They, they got a nice lead. The Titans made a little bit of a comeback. But they beat the Titans pretty easily. And then they started, they just weren't the same Steelers. They kind of like fell apart and they they struggled kind of the rest of the year. So that was that was kind of uh, frustrating for me last year watching. Uh, I I paid a lot of attention to the Steelers. That's my dad's favorite team has been forever. Um, the Steelers aren't coming in at thirteen for me, but they 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 are a team that will be coming soon. And I, I they frustrate me, and I I fully understand them at thirteen because you never know what you're going to get. Are you going to get old man Big Ben? Or are you going to get Big Ben that's going to come to win games and look incredible? So yeah. Uh, the Steelers are something else. Fully understand them at 13. My 13th team is another legendary franchise uh, that I think the theme of these picks for me this week are just question marks, whether it be youth or the Patriots, <laughs> all the questions with the Patriots. Uh, and 13, this team has a lot of question marks, whether it be injuries from last year, quarterback, a lot of things like that. And that would be the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I, I just think, there's a lot of things that could go right 
and they could be right back where they were two years ago fighting for a Super Bowl. Or it could be like it was last year and doesn't go well at all because they can't pick a quarterback. They don't know if they want to go with Jimmy G or they want to go with Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. What's going to happen? Uh, they're in a very, very good division. You just mentioned the Arizona Cardinals, who I have a little bit higher up on my list. Uh, and that's not even mentioning the Rams or Seahawks, who neither one of us have mentioned yet. So, I mean, that division is absolutely loaded. So, I mean, if some of these guys that are coming back from injury, like Nick Bosa, aren't 100%, that could make things not go well at all. But, I mean, it is a team with a lot of talent. Uh, George Kittle, uh, Debo Samuel, um, Bosa, like I said, I they've got a ton of just elite, elite players. But they're in an awesome division. They've had a lot of problems. Uh, I'd like to see them get back to that form they were in for the first three quarters of the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. That would be great. But uh, don't know if it's going to happen. But I think just the sheer amount of talent they have puts them in right, right nice at number 13. Yeah, that division is uh, something else, uh, considering we both – only listed one to this point and we're uh, very close to getting into the top 10. So uh, just a quick recap at 16, I had the Colts at 15, New England, 14, the Cardinals and 13, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Dylan, give us a quick recap of your four. So at 16, we got the Miami Dolphins, 15, the Chargers of Los Angeles, 14 up in New England, the Patriots, then 13 out in the Bay, the San Francisco 49ers. All right. All right. As always, be looking out for those social media posts. You can let us know how we've done so far. Uh, and it's getting exciting now as we get, as like we said, getting close to that top 10 teams uh, should be fun to rank those teams uh, as the season gets ever closer. Uh, that'll do it for regular topics and main topics this week. We'll move on to this week in sports. Uh, and the NBA Summer League is heating up with the top talents from the draft and guys trying to find NBA rosters, uh, taking the court in Vegas to play some games. Uh, I think we've all seen at least a few games or at least a few highlights uh, of stuff. I've seen my Pistons and Kate Cunningham uh, take the court a couple of time now, times now. We've seen Jalen Green do some have some off, awesome offensive performances in his couple of games. Uh, Dylan, what's been your biggest takeaway from the Summer League games thus far? So I've been interested in the summer, summer league for two reasons. I like watching the Memphis Grizzlies. I like watching my guys Shaq Buchanan and uh, uh, Darnell Coward from Murray State playing for the Grizzlies Summer League squad. And then I'm also been tuning in to a guy who I've been a fan of, who I've said I've been a fan of since way back when we talked about uh, uh, the draft, our first draft preview back in like April, Cam Thomas out of LSU. And I, I've been team Cam Thomas for a long time now, and I think it's paying off. Uh, he's, he's looked really, really, really good in the summer league for the Nets. Uh, scored 17 against the Memphis Grizzlies and looked really, really good. And then against the Wizards, looked even better. Scored 31 points, had the game winner, which we, we put out on our social medias. Looked awesome. Um, the, the question, I, I wrote it down. I was like, how the hell did he fall to the Nets at pick 27? Uh, no one talked about him, really, in the draft lead up. He just went under the radar, and I don't understand how. It's not like he came out of nowhere. He went to Oak Hill. He went to LSU. I, it makes no sense. I think we lost your audio again, Dylan. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, Cam Thomas, that, that game winner from him uh, in that game was 
one of the best things I've seen from the summer league thus far. I want to see more of those, you know, sudden death overtime games because it gives the summer league a little bit extra feel, a little bit extra uh, emotion to it. So that Cam Thomas uh, buzzer beater. And and I agree. Cam Thomas was overlooked in the draft. Uh, He did amazing things against my Michigan team in the, in the tournament. So I know how talented is he is as a scorer. Uh, He's young, but he's going to, he's going to, do some things in Brooklyn this year. There's no doubt about it. Um, my biggest takeaways thus far, I've loved Jalen Green, to be honest. Uh, you know, it's tough to, you know, as a team, my team had the number one pick and I'm going to love all over the second pick. Uh, but I think he's maybe the most mature scorer I've ever seen coming in as a rookie. Uh, the thing, the way he gets his shots off uh, with the small windows that he has and the leaning shots that he can make with basically from any distance, Uh, I've never seen a rookie be able to do that. And I think that's just showing like that G league route is looking more and more enticing now with how green and Kaminga have played in the summer league. Uh, I think they've both looked the most NBA ready of any players. doesn't mean Cade and and those other guys won't be good, but uh, I think green and Kaminga have stood out for just how NBA ready they are. Uh, And I just want to give out to shout out to Shondi Brown from the university of Michigan. He got a, a contract with the Lakers uh, which is an awesome thing to see. Uh, it was kind of a question mark when he went to the draft, but happy to see him uh, find a spot in the NBA. Uh, the Lakers obviously need some young bodies there. So getting a, a guy, a three and D guy like Shawnee Brown, uh, they also signed Mac McClung out of Texas tech. So uh, a couple nice signings for the Lakers out of the, out of the, the summer league. And those are the cool stories that I, I'm also watching from the summer league. I love watching these guys that go undrafted that end up finding spots uh, in the NBA just through a couple summer league game performances. I love it. Uh, I'm always rooting for those guys. A uh, bunch of Michigan guys out there, John Teske, uh, Iggy Brasdakis, uh, Franz Wagner, obviously a uh, bunch of guys out there doing their thing in the summer league, hoping all of them find at least, some G league contracts or something like that. So uh, they can stay in the great sport of basketball and in the NBA uh, here. So maybe we can catch them at at a game sometime soon. All right. That will wrap up that lastly, we're looking forward to some more action over the weekend and this coming week, Uh, Dylan, what do you have on your docket uh, for the upcoming days? Well, on ESPN right now, we've got the Little League World Series. That's heating up. Uh, kept my eye on that. Uh, absolutely love that every year when it comes on. Preseason football, the Titans take on the Falcons tonight. A thousand percent watching that. Excited to see the Titans play. Uh, the Cardinals are headed to Kansas City to play a series. So this weekend, uh, hopefully they can get a couple wins, extend their three-game winning streak after their sweep of the Pirates in Pittsburgh. Uh, but, yeah. Some, some baseball, whether it be Major League or Little League, and, and the Titans and Falcons preseason. That's when not, what's on the docket for old Dylan Holt. What about Dylan Jesperson? Yeah, I'm uh, very similar to you. Uh, uh, we talked last week that the Tigers were going to be close to that second-place spot. Uh, didn't go well against Cleveland, but then swept the Orioles, so they're now tied for second place with the, with the Cleveland Indians, and we start a three-game series with Cleveland today. So the winner of that series will be in second place of the AL Central, uh, in sole possession of the second place of the AL Central. So definitely going to be tuned into those three games uh preseason football as well the lions have their first preseason game tonight as well so definitely going to be tuning into that to see how that team is 
Uh, I just want to mention the Lions, uh, the year they went 0-16, they went 4-0 in preseason. So I, I just want to make sure all my Lions fans, no matter what happens, just don't get your hopes up. Uh, you know, things happen in preseason that don't really reflect what will happen in the actual season. So uh, I'll be keeping an eye out for that. And the summer league games, for sure, I'm going to keep my eye on. And I'm going to keep an eye on those those close games at the end because I want to see some more sudden death overtime games uh, that Cam Thomas uh, that Cam Thomas Brothers review just got me in the mood to see more of those. I think that's an awesome uh, wrinkle to throw into something like Summer League. All right, that will do it for us and for this week in sports and from the Dylan and Jones show. Dylan, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up today? Um, I just wanted to throw it on out there. I uh, had a great time. I mentioned it last week that I was going to go to the Cardinals-Royals game uh, last Sunday. Had a fantastic time. Uh, got to watch the Cardinals and Royals. Uh it was a very good game. Ended up going into a rain delay uh, late, and we had to leave. But very, very fun. Good, uh, good time being back in Bush Stadium, baseball heaven. But yeah, a lot of fun. Fun show. Uh, great week. Looking forward to next week. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, that will do it from us here at the Dylan and Dylan Show, presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. Thank you so much for tuning in. A reminder where you can find us. You can find our social media at Dylan Dylan Show and now on uh, on Twitter and Instagram and then on YouTube at The Dylan and Dylan Show. Uh, you can find Tunnel Vision Sports on Instagram and Twitter at underscore TV Sports on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Tunnel Vision Sports and on the web at tvsportsmag.com. This has been The Dylan and Dylan Show. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you all next week.